Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. When you know what you're in for now, if you didn't before. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Come on. I'm ready to go. I'm really excited. Hi, Bree. Hey. I Vote for me for Congress, okay? Just vote for me. Is that going to be your calling card when you start your robocalls? It's going to start off like that? I think so. I think so. Like, Quinn, can you actually vote for me? I can't. I don't live in your district. Oh, but you could move to my district. <laughs> I know. Well, the election is going to be after I graduate, so who knows where I'll be. All right. All right. So right now, Brianna Wee 2018 has to make it the mission to somehow bribe <laughs> Quinn legally, legally <laughs> to come work on our campaign. No crimes it's going to be great. committed through this podcast. And right. I'm not taking notes, so don't okay. worry. There's no there record no of Georgia any of this. Right. Yeah, this doesn't, this not, doesn't yeah. get stored on the internet anywhere. Uh, no. be, before we kick things off, obviously by now we can point out that either Steve's microphone is muted or he is not here. Uh, it happens to be the latter. Our, our dear friend and co-host Steve Lubitz is out for the evening. And so in his place, we have fellow Relay host... Quinn Rose, who um, apparently I've been tr- trying to get on the show by, uh, what was it, drugging Georgia Dow? Is that, is that how that went down last yeah. time? Yeah. Don't, don't eat cookies. If Micah sends you guys cookies, don't eat them. Yeah, that's exactly what I heard. <laughs> Bree? Bree, you're having a Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. There's, it's going to be a good show this week. No controversies are happening. It's going to be great. I'm going to hire a reputation manager after uh, Bree's, you know, reputation destruction about me giving people cookies that aren't uh, meant to be consumed. Uh, Well, we are happy to have you on the show, and um, we'll talk at the end, of course, about where people can find you on the internet, including your own show. Um, But I'm afraid we have to... We have to. We have to start with um, a a pretty a pretty tough topic here. Um, Oh no! Oh no! So, look, uh, I have never had to say something like this before on the program. But we, we we broadcasted a story that we've come to believe is simply not true. And it's a story that got a lot of attention. Mm. Brianna Wu said on this program, what? yeah, you, Bri, uh, that you thought, oh. and I quote, the Star Wars prequels were okay. Never said it. <laughs> Never said now, it. We did fact check. No we record. did fact check the story before we put it on relay. But but in fact checking, our main concern was whether the things that Bree said about the force and about midichlorians were true. That stuff it's true. It's been corroborated by independent investigations by other journalists who I'm not going to name here because I don't have to, and even some studies by advocacy groups. 
It is truly a life force created by all living things. But what's not true, Brie, is what you said about the prequels being okay. Because as best as we can tell, everything that Bree said that was positive about the prequels is fabricated. Mm. Yeah. This is just, yeah. Yeah. All made up. Oh. I can say in retrospect that when Bree said Jar Jar was, quote, bigger than Jesus, <laughs> let that sink in. We should have killed the story. We should have killed it. Instead of running it. And we never should have broadcast the story without watching the version of The Phantom Menace that didn't edit out Jar Jar, bigger than Jesus, Binks. <laughs> Instead, we trusted Brie Wu at her word. And oh, we made clear to oh, her no. that anything that she was going to say on our program would have to live up to journalistic standards. She had to be truthful. Mm, Brie, you had to be truthful. And you know what you did? Yeah. You lied yeah. to us. Oh. So, Brie... Okay. The beginning. Uh, yeah, I've, the got beginning. I've got some questions yeah. for you, okay? Okay, okay. Let's do it. Did you feel like there was something that we would discover by watching the prequels and find out that you lied to us? What? Well, I said they were okay. Uh, well, yeah, Micah, I eventually expected... Yeah, I get tweeted about this all the time by Relay listeners, <laughs> like all the time. And they will tell me, they're like, well, I like what you're saying in your campaign, but you said you like the prequels. And I don't know if I can trust you. That's not even a joke. Like, that's really <laughs> what they say. So I knew that one day, Micah, we were going to, I mean, I was worried that our listeners would watch the prequels and then we would have to, you know, unpack the complexities of my statement here on what, the what show. What do you mean? What do you mean so, unpack the complexities? Uh, well, I think it means like, uh, yeah, like the, I, I think I'm agreeing with you, Micah. So, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Why not just yeah. tell us what really happened to Star Wars at that point? Uh, I was terrified. <laughs> terrified of what, Brie? I, okay. It was Jar Jar. Yeah, it was Jar Jar. I, you know, I'll just say, at a certain point, I saw episode seven, and it was so good, and I realized that everything I'd done defending the prequels was, like, a complete lie, <laughs> and I could just see how, like, my opinions were garbage <laughs> at that point. Yeah, yeah. So, I just... I just, yeah, you know, I, I misspoke. It, it So happens. just to be absolutely clear here, what you're saying is there was absolutely no journalistic basis to the assertion that the prequels were good movies. Okay, okay. I want to be really clear with you here, Micah. I am agreeing that my statements about the prequels were not up to the standards of journalism. That is something I deeply regret. And I regret it to the people that were listening out there at home, the audience of disruption. Uh, you know, if you feel misled or betrayed, uh, you know, I regret it to them as well. I completely apologize. But none of that was my fault. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How is it not your fault? Uh, we got to go to the show. Georgia. We got a show to do here. We got, yeah, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear you say it. So they're not up to standards, but but did you do you still find them good? Um, I you know we have a Fifth Amendment in this country, Georgia, and I can't. I I'm saying that I retract 
I do not stand by journalistically anymore any of my misstatements about the prequels, and I do apologize for misleading people on Realize Many shows where I defended them on many times. That was wrong, but it's not my fault. Oh, yeah. I've done it so many times. And And probably the incomparable uh, as well. Yeah, the incomparable. I misspoke. It was an accident. (laughs) How many times did you misspeak is a good question. Uh, pretty much on the internet from 2001 up until when I decided to run for Congress. So, yeah, it's been at least two times. <laughs> at least two times. At least two uh, times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, we'll 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 strike that uh, from the from the record books because you know you've you've backed away and you've said that uh, that you can't stand by that assertion anymore, and I respect that. You know, people's people's views can change. Uh, also, people's views cannot change, but they can lie about it so that people like them. But you know, who's to say which <laughs> one it is? <laughs> uh, we should we should kick off the show this week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to proceed. I just, I just, I just, uh, I love that I, like, <laughs> when Peter's like, we have to talk about, we have to have a, a retraction. I'm like, what, what, what journalistic retraction? I'm like, no one answers me, right? I'm like, right, uh, right. I don't know. What did we, what did we cover that was so wrong? Were you still freaking out as I was saying it at the very beginning? Did that? I'm like, oh my God, we did something really bad. I'm like, oh no. I what did do something this bad. Was, wait, yeah. wait. This was worse. <laughs> worse than anything you could have thought of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes, we we are going to kick off the show this week, and uh, uh, it starts with a little story about a global cyber attack, um, and Microsoft's response to. What happened? So I'll start by kind of explaining what the cyber attack was about, and then we can kind of carry on with the discussion and and how Microsoft responded, because I'm sure Bree is very excited about talking about that part, at least. Uh, So WannaCrypt is the malware that was holding computers hostage around the globe. Basically, it works like any ransomware where it infects a computer and it immediately goes and encrypts your files. And the only way to get the files back, because they're encrypted, the only way to decrypt the files is by paying whatever ransom the company or the the person who, you know, put the virus there uh decides. And the values were going up over time, how much the person had to pay. And uh, because of the way that this was set up using actual technologies uh, created by the uh, NSA, it was able to spread to at least, at least 45,000 computers in 150 countries around the world. And along with affecting FedEx, uh, a French automaker, and Spanish telecommunications firms. Also, hospital computer systems across Europe were down for several hours. And in fact, many of these hospitals were forced to turn away non-emergency patients because of this. Now, there are still some uh, things that they're trying to work out to make this 
ransomware absolutely go away. There's been a temporary patch that's been put into place for these older systems. Um, but until they find something that can completely eradicate it, it is still out there and it still does affect older systems. However, newer systems uh, that run Windows are capable of being patched and fixed and will not be susceptible to the WannaCrypt ransomware. And essentially what, what's happening here is WannaCrypt is using two different technologies from the NSA and using those technologies to gain access to a system. And then after it gains access to a system and installs uh, remote access software, it then uses the other technology to spread to other devices in the network. And that is how it spread to those 150 countries. So Microsoft, uh, of course, had a comment uh, about, you know, had a response to this happening. And, you know, I think that they were very, uh, very blatant, Brie, and very plain uh, and, and straightforward. I loved Me it. Too. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, their their quote? Well, I mean, there's so much to unpack mm-hmm. here. And, you know, Quinn, you're a guest on our show. I want you to, like, jump in here, too. But, uh, you know, this is a really terrifying story, right? You know, if I go out and I build a house, if I build a house, I expect that house to, you know, last for, you know, 20, 30 years easily. And what I think is so frustrating with, uh, you know, from like a, a, an IT perspective is you have companies and hospitals that make, you know, large expenditures building like an electronic infrastructure. And then, you know, a new version of Windows comes out and, you know, security improves. And they understandably are reluctant to tear it all up and start over again. Like it's a complete pain in the butt. And it's, you know, we have this system here where there just are a lot of people out there that are still using Windows XP and, you know, old deprecated versions of Windows. Um, so I think that this story really shows how completely devastatingly open we are to cyber attack. And it's completely unforgivable. You know, this is where federal legislation really has a role to play in keeping all of us safe. And the problem is we haven't had anyone steering the ship as far as, uh, you know, making sure, uh, you know, hospitals or schools that your electronic records are safe. I have to tell you, we have started with my congressional campaign. We have started looking into the kinds of software that they run at schools and hospitals and how those vendors are chosen and how those systems are put into place and how security holes are plugged. And I want to tell you, it is shockingly unsafe. It is really terrifying. And the problem is like we keep slashing the budget for schools and you know, these kinds of improvements just keep getting put off. So it's, it's just this real mess, Micah, where, you know, of course we're vulnerable here. And, you know, techies love to, like, blame people for using old versions of software, and they just don't understand the reality that uh, system admins, uh, you know, have to face here. I want to talk more about Microsoft, but before I do that, I want to, like, to hear from Georgia and Quinn. Like, what do you think about this? Well, I love um, Snowden writing down, like, kind of like, I told you so, guys. Like, this yeah. is really important. We need to take care of this. And we don't. And it, it goes back to just, you know, we can't have we can't have back doors. Back doors can be used by anyone. The thought that 
you know, oh, well, just leave these vulnerabilities and only the good guys will get them and use them. I think that now it's been, I don't know what, since that's been said like 12 times proven not to be the case, can someone please wake up and do something about it to keep everyone's information safe? Because this cannot just, like we're not even just talking about government information, we're talking about hospital information, we're talking about tests, lives are on the line from this. And it's really important that all of our information is safe, usable. And this one, it's just being held hostage for a price. And that's really damaging and dangerous. With the whole issue of using older systems that have these vulnerabilities that the newer systems don't, because it's like the average person just doesn't care about like getting newer software. And there's a total lack of understanding for a lot of people of the additional security levels that that provides. Because I think that Microsoft generally has a reputation and the Windows system in general of getting a lot of bugs and viruses and people just accept that as part of what it is. Um, And that there's not that same level of tech literacy and being like, no, you have to get upgraded in order to get these protections um, or else you're just going to be left behind and be left vulnerable. There's a total gap there. Yeah, I think that's dead on. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I really do love how Microsoft responded in particular to what the, the CIA and the NSA have done by stockpiling uh, these exploits and not sharing them and the, the the juicy uh i don't know clapback i guess is is the best way to put that i think that you know microsoft of course is doing what they can to make sure that the different places around the world that were affected by this are getting the help that they need to make sure that they're patched going forward and they also talk about how it's important for individuals and these companies to update their software whenever possible, and in the case of older systems, update their hardware whenever possible. Because ultimately, we are living in the future. I mean, this cyber attacks are far more... They're, they're far less expensive in many cases and far more prevalent and oftentimes can do a whole lot more damage. And we don't really, like, as a as a group of, of human beings, we don't really, I think, understand the scope to which this can affect a society and can, I mean, this is, this was one of the times where it actually was, was clear because there was a hospital or there were hospitals, plural, Mm. that had to turn away people. I mean, I loved what Microsoft's chief uh, legal officer said. I mean, he came out, he wrote this blog post that went mega viral. He did not pull any punches. He said, you know, when the NSA stockpiles vulnerabilities in Windows products Mm -hmm. and doesn't tell anyone, you know, we've seen these come out with WikiLeaks attacks uh, on on various, uh, you know, institutions. And this is no different than if uh, the government didn't lock down a Tomahawk missile and it was yeah. used against the American people. I know that is a harsh analogy, but it is dead on. And I want to be really clear about something. This is not something like, Quinn, you're talking about how normal people don't think about this stuff. It's unreasonable to expect them to care about this stuff. This is where federal regulation mm-hmm. has a role to play. You know, when I was in high school, this is when, you know, the internet was really first catching on as a, a worldwide force. 
And, you know, this was the same year that we got our first boomer president and you had the Republican takeover of Congress, which was largely largely baby boomers. Now, I'm not I have no problem with baby boomers. This is a generation that's done good things as well as bad things. But I think a very fair critique has been that over the last 20 years where boomers have largely controlled Congress and very specifically the technology subcommittees, that our technology policy and our cybersecurity is a joke and is a complete failure of policy. And it just makes absolutely no sense to me that we have this hyper-testosterinated national security policy where we will spend endless money on tanks and bombs and guns, and we have these weapons that can be used against the American people here at home, and Congress doesn't give a damn. It just does not make sense to me, and it's got to change. Yeah, this is absolutely something that has to be changed from the top down. Like what I was saying about normal people not knowing nor caring, like they they shouldn't have to. Like that shouldn't be their personal responsibility on every single point at this. Like there should be protections in place so that not everyone has to have like total tech knowledge of what they're doing. And that's the problem, though, is that a lot of people that are in government don't really understand the technology that they're voting on and and passing things on. They just don't know. So it ends up being really easy for them to say, I'll I'll just take the paycheck. And who cares about, you know, privacy? Who cares about making sure that computer systems are are secure? It's it, it becomes really easy to manipulate when you do not have a great understanding with what you're dealing with. Yeah. So um, I think Microsoft has been very head-on. You know, a lot of the discussion this week has been about, um, you know, blaming Microsoft for not supporting older versions of Windows. Um, and I have to say, like, I, I understand both arguments. I don't have a strong opinion there. Like, for me, because it's American infrastructure at stake, I would look at the federal government, like, paying Microsoft to continue to do basic patches on things like this that are used in hospitals and schools because I think that's a national security issue. But the real problem here is that sysadmins are so rarely given the resources that they really need to do their job. So, you know, the truth is security, privacy, and encryption is very often one of the very first things to go. And it's this is just a great example. So I encourage everybody out there in our audience, you know, I need other people to run for Congress with me and to change this because it's it's just a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the yeah. focus has to change because, again, this is becoming increasingly so much more important. Um, I do want to point out that there are some ways that you can keep yourself safe from, type, from ransomware, uh, of course, Keeping your software up to date is very important if you can. Keeping your hardware up to date is very important if you can. And you should also try to have uh, regular backups of your of all of your data because the thing about ransomware is, as I mentioned, it encrypts your files. But if you have a backup of those files and you can completely flash your flash and flush your system of the ransomware, then your files will be fine because you have them backed up somewhere else. So those are just a couple of ways that you can keep yourself safe. Uh, Worth noting that the WannaCrypt exploit in this case was uh, relying on a 
flaw in the Windows operating system. So if you're running a Macintosh system, or if you're running Mac OS, OS X, or Linux, Linux system, then you are A-OK in this case. So just a, a few little tidbits there to um, ease the troubled soul. <laughs> Can I just, uh, this will just be a brief aside. Um, I want to say, like, I finished reading um, a book this week. It's called American Kingpin. It's about Silk Road. Uh, this is an amazing book. It's by Nick Belton, and it's mm. about this underground that was born uh, basically using cryptocurrency to ship drugs all around the world. Uh, and I read this, and I started messing around with Tor a lot more this week. And I thought it was so interesting that when I tried to register bitcoins just to you know, experiment with it and have a bit of professional literacy about it. Just registering Bitcoin, a Bitcoin account was enough to cause Bank of America to go and lock down my entire bank account to the point where I had to actually spend an hour on the oh, phone wow. with them trying to get it opened back up. And I just thought huh. that was so interesting because like there are legitimate uses for cryptocurrency. Uh, but, you know, there are also very reasonable concerns with cryptocurrency. So I just thought it was very interesting that uh, you know, in the midst of ransomware, that's like currently the policy. If you try to even use Bitcoins, it'll lock your account down. Wow, that is fascinating. Huh. Huh. Something to keep in mind. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to talk. Sorry, sorry. What? What just happened? What? What? What's going on? Sorry, wait, wait. What did I hear? The monkey flies alone. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I'm still stuck in in fear of whatever just happened. I gotta go, guys. Yep. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I gotta go. I am flying alone tonight. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Uh, Okay. So so. This episode of Disruption (laughs) is sponsored by our friends at Indeed Prime. You've heard of them. Indeed Prime helps software engineers land their dream job. Candidates get immediate exposure to the best tech companies with just one simple application to Indeed Prime. Companies on Prime's exclusive platform message candidates with salary and equity up front, and the average salary offer for software engineers is about $125,000. Indeed Prime is $100 percent free for candidates with no strings attached. That's right. It's the companies that come to you. Invite your friends to Indeed Prime and we'll give you $200 when they get contacted by a company and $2,000. Yes, that's $2,000 when they accept a job through Prime. Start referring now at Indeed.com slash Prime slash referral. Once more, for $200 when they get contacted by a company and $2,000 if they accept a job, that's Indeed.com slash prime slash referral. Thank you, Indeed Prime. We are indeed happy to have you as a sponsor. You know what we're not happy about? Wait, wait, wait. That the monkey flies alone? That and uh, we are always happy about puppies. Um, no, we we've got to we gotta talk about Oh wait, before we do that, I gotta say, Quinn, are you a dog person or a cat person? Uh-oh. I feel like I shouldn't answer this question. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, it's no. confirmed Quinn loves dogs, and we are all a dog show this week. <laughs> this is so great with Steve Lubitz gone. Is, yeah, right. This is the dog oh, cast. This is so nice. Uh, oh. Sure. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. no. <laughs> oh, my heart. I, 
I I love dogs. I just also love cats. <laughs> that's acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah, we that's can accept a, that answer. Can we accept you're, that answer? You're, 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 you have bi preferences with pets. I can I can accept that. You know, I am I am very I'm very only into dogs, and that's it. So I once had a conversation with a friend where we established that cat people are people that mostly like cats and dogs, but like cats better. And dog people are people who hate cats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's no. actually not too bad. I don't of a, agree with that. Do you think so? I, I, well, okay. I will say that 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 seems to hold up in my knowledge of like the people that I f- that I physically know and am around who are dog people. They do not like cats, but huh. also the people that I'm around physically who are cat people don't like dogs. So I don't know many, but I, I have seen that at least on the internet where cat people are like, yeah, dogs are cool too. But uh, yeah, for me, because I am deathly allergic to cats, like hair gets in my throat and I'll probably die allergic to cats. And if dander gets on me, then my skin starts swelling allergic to cats. I don't like cats. They would probably kill me if I spent too much time around them just by being in the same room. So that is why cats and I do not get along. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we don't have to do a dog and cats episode, but I, I get what you're saying. But Bree, you you don't agree? I mean, I can just say for me, I like cats. I like I was over at a voter's house today and I was playing with our cat. Like I like cats. I just, um, you know, I want to I want a pet that I can get all excited and then drop on my husband as a dirty bomb. And you can't really do that. with. <laughs> You can't do that with a cat in the same way. Or if you did, they would claw you and kill you. Stop and, and frisk. So, yeah, stop and frisk. Exactly. Yeah, that doesn't work as well with cats. <laughs> Please don't do that with a cat. Anybody out there? Oh, man. Well, I like all okay. animals. Like. Really? Do you like snakes? Yeah. Do you like snakes? I like snakes. I thought about getting really? a snake. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you like chickens? Yeah. Chicken parts? <laughs> do you like do you like uh deadly dinoflagellate toxins those are my favorite personally are they emitted by certain body parts uh well actually like when we farm meat in this country and you know they're producing lots of animal waste it actually grows in the animal waste and uh, is a new life form that will oh. uh, infect your brain and make you unable to remember your telephone number or and have bloody lesions all over your body. Yeah, you know what? So, I think that maybe yeah. all animals might be a little bit of an overstatement. Then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I did the mistake of looking up dinoflagellates. And- <laughs> oh, really? I have to oh, look it no. up. Now. Step away from the Google images. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not yeah. even the images. It's the fact that they are sometimes in shellfish and they can, oh God, it's so bad. Oh, they can oh be no. super toxic. Georgia loves dinoflagellates. Georgia Dow, I should expect this. Yeah, yeah, mm, not so much. Okay, we should definitely get back on track. Um, <laughs> whew, uh, good to know that you are both a cat lover and a dog appreciator. And I can uh, I can respect that. So... There's a company uh, called Upload VR, and it is currently in the midst of a lawsuit uh, led by the company's former director of digital and social media. 
and for for sexual harassment, sex and gender discrimination, and wrongful termination. Um, I'm going to read through some of the quotes really quickly just to give an idea of what is being alleged here and uh, a little bit more of the information, and then we'll break this into discussion. So, The atmosphere and work environment at Upload VR was marked by rampant sexual behavior and focus, creating an unbearable environment for plaintiff and other female employees. Defendants purposefully and express created a boys club environment at work focused on sex and degrading women, including female employees. In the office, defendants would frequently talk about how much sex they were going to have at each party and how many girls they were going to have sex with. Upload VR even set up a room to encourage sexual intercourse at the workplace. The room was referred to as the kink room and contained a bed. Often underwear and condom wrappers would be found in the room. One more here. Male employees would even speak sexually about women that worked in the office right in front of them. Male employees stated how they were sexually aroused by female employees and how it was hard to concentrate and be productive when all they could think about was having sex with them. Now, this is the, again, the, the director of digital and social media that worked at Upload VR, who has launched this, um, this court case. And... There are also some other things that were alleged, including having uh, conferences where there were prostitutes and strippers invited. And I have heard over the course of uh, when this when the story first came out since then, some folks that I know talking about Upload VR, the company and the leaders at that company and saying that genuinely they were not surprised uh, based on on the conversations that they've had with the leadership at that company and the interactions that they've witnessed. So if I can just say, like, I personally don't know the woman that's bringing this suit, but she has a stellar reputation in the tech industry. Um, so even though I've never met her, um, just everyone I've talked to about this privately says that she is a very credible person. She's well-liked in the field. I, I almost feel like there's nothing new to say here because it's like we do the story every few weeks about what a cesspool the tech industry is for women. We talked about it with Uber just a few weeks ago. We talked about it with Microsoft's recruitment policies at GDC, uh, where they hired women in schoolgirl outfits to gyrate it on polls at a professional uh, recruitment event. I mean, it just feels like we keep having the same story. And what was so disheartening to me uh, was to have conversations with so many people in the VR space this week and to have repeatedly men that I know and respect and even like and have them just say things like, well, you know, I, the guys are always great to me Ugh. and I just don't know what's going on here. And I just want all the facts to get to light first. And it's just, I, I really mean this Micah, Georgia and Quinn. Like it feels like it's so clear that the men in our space are not going to get their stuff together, take a hard look in the mirror, and make some changes about the way that they behave. Like, we know this, what's going to happen. They're going to act stunned. They're going to say things like, well, you're just turning off allies. And, you know, it so quickly becomes about their feelings. I genuinely do not know how to fix this issue other than for us to 
open up companies that do this behavior to more civil liability through the legal legislative process. That's the only solution I can think of because talking about it isn't getting us anywhere. Writing about it isn't getting us anywhere. Well, I think that we have to add also educating, um, you know, about, you know, equality rights, um, talking about, you know, people with have different issues and getting people to understand what is proper and not proper behavior. I think that our culture, I think that our media, I think that the media that we consume, I think that the media that we choose to buy is also at fault for all of these pieces that kind of come into play where people find it all right to either turn a blind eye or even encourage or participate in, you know, things that will degrade, demean, and make people feel uncomfortable and or harassed in certain spaces. There's a lot of things that need to change in our society, not just legislatively. I think that our education system also has a whole bunch of issues that need to be worked on and fixed in order to make everyone feel comfortable and understand what is proper behavior among people. On the topic of education, so I'm currently in college um, and I have a lot of friends who are working in tech and um, getting computer science degrees right now. And it honestly shocks me how some of the guys um, that I'm friends with just have no idea of any of this. Not even that like they're they I bring it up and they're like, oh, no, I don't think it's like that. Like they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and when the whole case with Uber happened recently, like that was so huge that everyone heard about it. And I was talking about it with a friend and he was like, I but I think that's just um, like, I don't think that happens very often, though. And I was like, are you kidding right now? And I, I literally just sat him down and talked to him for like 20 minutes about sexism and tech. I'm amazed he still talks to me. But um, <laughs> and he was like, I I'd never heard about any of this stuff. And I'm like, what have you been doing? You're getting a, like you're studying technology and computer science right now. How do you not hear about this? That is so depressing to me. That is so depressing to me. Like I I can like accept when somebody that's like, you know, 40 50 years old in the field is just playing with an outdated rule book. But after Gamergate, after Uber, after all this stuff, they don't, they aren't clued in. That's really hard for me to accept. There was recently a study that came out that talked about how (laughs) millennials, um, male millennials in particular, there seems to be, according to this study, uh, the reinforcing of some sort of gender role wherein women are seen to work at home or not not work at home, but rather stay in the home and do homemaking things. And the man brings in the money, which makes me want to vomit as I'm saying this, but uh, it reading that was frightening and also reaffirming of some of the things that I have seen growing up, um, at least, you know, with the, the, the thoughts that surround me, uh, in, in school, I, I, you would expect that by this time, um, we would have pushed forward and it did seem, and there, you know, there, there's still a lot of people who are on the right path, but there is suddenly a resurgence of this old school BS to put it, uh, mildly that 
there are these, you know, necessary roles and it, it's all very backwards and, and, and silly and it, it's frustrating. So it is, it is both surprising and terrifying, but at the same time, uh, there certainly seem to be some studies that back up that, that fact that, you know, you would come across somebody who's in university who has these beliefs or seems shocked and doesn't think that this happens. And I, I don't know how we fix that, Georgia, but I want well, to. The great, <laughs> but the great but the great thing is, is that they said it, right? They said it. They were able to, like, verbalize that. Gwen, you were able to talk to them about it. Like, let's be straight. Ten years ago, this story would have just been normal and the women would have had to be happy that they have a job and say nothing and just endure it. Now people are getting upset. They're saying it's wrong. We're able to speak about it. More people, like the levels right now of uh, sexual harassment and suits that are coming forward is going up, not because there's more of it, because people are feeling empowered enough to be able to speak up, that they have a right to that, that they don't have to feel bad. They don't have to feel guilty to that. The shame is kind of being lifted to it. And so we're kind of, there's a shakeup in society. And that's a good thing. And so we just need to keep on bringing light to it. And change does go, like we all go through a certain amount of pain in order to change and to say that this was, like it used to be kind of commonplace and normal. And that's the scary part of how often I used to work for the Rape Crisis Center. And it um, it was a really hard job. It was really commonplace and no one really wanted to speak about it. Um, a lot of, especially a lot of men that went through that as well. They just, they were laughed at and that was the same thing by cops and by their doctors and uh, by their friends. And so now we're, we're kind of having a little bit of a better understanding, but we need to keep on talking about it. I, I do have to say that, Georgia. I mean, you knew me on this show before Gamergate. You saw me going through Gamergate and yeah. you've seen me kind of pulling it back together. I mean, you would, like you saw this. The cost yeah. to me was extreme. Mm-hmm. And any woman that takes a stand on this, I, I, I'm certain. I, I'm not saying be quiet. I am saying there is a huge cost there, there that is. is much easier to talk about in theory than it is to pay yourself. And I have a really good friend of mine that I did a book with this year. And she's done a sexual harassment, uh, had to sue an employer about it before. And what ended up happening? She took a stand, and they ended up hiring a law firm. Uh, The people at the company never really know about it. She got a pittance, and she lost her job about it. So, I mean, it's not like culture even changes after these suits are brought sometimes. So I I definitely agree it steps forward, and I don't want to make it sound like it's glass half empty here. But I think, like, it's a lot easier to say things are getting better than to be that woman that's doing the work to make it better. Because it yeah. is an extreme cost. That you're at, and you're absolutely right. And then you get blacklisted for that. It, it is, yeah. it is that way. And and uh, you know, I I really do believe that um, we're in a state of of change to that. And I think that it, it's not going to be easy. And it's it's still a lot of people are going through things. Like even people that whistle blow on for other reasons. You can see what happens to people and how they're, you know, we're, we're supposed to be fighting for people that are that are trying to have things be transparent when someone's doing something wrong. But we still put them in jail or they have to leave the country or they, like, there's a lot of things that are still not being done well, but public opinion is also changing to that. And so I, I 
it's it's still painful, and I see a lot of my people that are going through some really horrible things still. But I think that that's not going to be the same way in ten years. And I, I again, it's still going to be hard. But I think that it will get better as long as we keep on bringing it up and talking about it and fighting for it. Any last uh, last thoughts on, <laughs> ah, on ah, not sorry, again? Sorry, no, not again. Let's go to a happier topic. Let's <laughs> talk about something happy. Uh, yes. Uh, so this is this is super fascinating and also ah. exciting. Um, there is a, as as CNN puts it, a new era of regenerative medicine that could be on the horizon, and that is because of a study that was published in Nature Communications, the journal, uh, where a three D printed bioprosthetic that was an ovary was implanted in a mouse or actually several mice. And each of the mice that it was implanted in were able to produce at least two pups, as I've just discovered, or I just discovered earlier, the baby mice are called, they're called pups. So what the way that they, they did this experiment is they took uh, this very, very water uh, laden polymer. Okay. So it's like, I think it said 98% water and 2% polymer to kind of give it a structure. And they made these little, uh, these little tiny structures that they then fed in vessels that grew and they implanted these in mice who had had their ovaries removed. And when they were implanted, then the mouse's body took over the rest of the work and actually grew all of the necessary parts and pieces to produce little pups. And what they hope to be able to use this for uh, in humans when the time comes, and they said as early as five years, which is pretty incredible, is they want to take this technology and uh, anyone who has had cancer treatment that has caused them to lose their fertility would be able to regain that fertility uh, through this process, through an implant that allows their their body to grow the necessary uh, organs around this prosthetic. And I love that they call this the bioprosthetic ovary version one. And version two is going to have even more sophisticated architecture. The, the little uh, scaffolding that this is built out of that's 3D printed, um, they actually need to be in different sizes. The scaffolding across the entire length of this implant has to be different sizes because that's how the ovary looks and that's how it functions. And it's, it's really interesting. We, you should definitely go in and read kind of the science behind all of this and, of course, uh, the way that, that each of the little follicles is uh, communicated to and communicates with other follicles using this implant. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about this. Medical science is like medical magic at this point. There's literally mm-hmm. a mouse who was able to give birth despite having its ovaries removed. That's friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. <laughs> it's it's amazing. You have to just think about um, for hormone replacement therapies. For people that are missing organs, this is the beginning of like a, just a new way of, of being able to heal things if they're diseased, if they're dealing with it. Um, it's a really big deal. And to think of a mouse without ovaries being able to give birth, wow, like this is going to change everything. And I'm really excited. I, I was probably overly excited to that, but I think that this is going to help a lot of people. 
Georgia, do you know who else is excited? Do you know who else is really excited? excited? Men's rights activists and men going their own way. They are very excited about this technology. <laughs> they think this technology is going to be the end of women. These are direct quotes from a voice oh, no. from men right now. Artificial wombs will turn straight men gay because women suck. And what? they truly Hold on, could they you? truly believe that they they are resentful towards uh you know cis women for having like uh create basically the control over creating life they want to get that out of the equation they're unhappy with that situation so they are very happy that once artificial womb technology goes away that women will get rid of this trump card that that uh is unfairly wielded so Wow. I don't wait, even wait, know wait. what Where to say. Where do they think yeah. the wombs are going? I, I, um, I, I don't know. In their bunkers, in their uh, yeah, doomsday yeah. prep bunkers. Yeah. You know, wow. that seems reasonable. Wow. <laughs> I am comfortable with, uh, you know, if I have to go to, as long as we can just get rid of all men, I'm, I'm okay to go to. Like, let's, uh, bye. I, I, I adore you all, but we have to get rid of men, so... <laughs> No. I no, can't agree with that. So, no, 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 ridiculous. No, no, I, no. We have no. to educate, and we have to <laughs> help people that have misguided views of the world, <laughs> including. But we, we all, everyone, like has a space. There's a, there's enough. So far, there's enough planet for everyone. Um, no one has to go find a new planet. Yeah. No, right not now. once the MRAs have their f- faux wombs, then they, then there won't be enough space for anybody anymore. Micah, I, I, I have say, to hey, say I this. Would, like, yeah. you know, more people want to give birth. Like, awesome. Because that was an unpleasant <laughs> experience. I'm just saying. If you could have given birth, I would have been like, you go for it. Because, <laughs> mm. Yeah, Micah, I had dated a lot more women than I had uh, guys when I met my husband. Uh-huh. And I have to say, like, there men have really great qualities. They do. Like, there's something... Like, we all need each other to balance out the human experience. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, all of us, liberals, conservatives have values that they bring. I mean, I I just, I'm uncomfortable when, you know, because this is a joke that comes about sometimes. I just want everyone out there listening, I'm not going to have to retract this statement. (laughs) I'm okay with men. I think they should be on this planet. And, yes, that's how I feel. Yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. And, of course... Of course, I don't uh, ultimately want to disappear with all men, but uh, yes, yeah, yes. these things these things do serve to frustrate. That's for sure. I, um, I mean, obviously, I must see some sort of quality in men as well because I happen to be in a relationship <laughs> with one. But uh, <laughs> uh, get I mean, off the show! You're like you're terrible. Right? <laughs> get uh, off this, my planet, Shane. What do you think <laughs> about uh, fake wombs? Are you going to try to use those to uh, usurp women in the world? And if he says yes, <laughs> then yeah, yeah, that's whenever I know that you know there, there's no point. You should think about that. <laughs> Quinn, are you for or against uh, launching men into space? Where do you fall? In the <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like there's one clearly correct answer to this question. This seems like a leading question. (laughs) Um, No, well, I will say, so I do um, social movements research. I'm like a research assistant for a sociology professor. Um, So I spend a weird amount of time reading websites like A Voice for Men um, 
and like men rights activist websites because that's what I'm studying. And every time I'm like, why? Why are you like this? <laughs> Hashtag not all men. Um, but, but seriously, not all men. <laughs> and I, like, I have many men in my life that I love very dearly. And so I would not advocate blasting them all into space. Um, but I would advocate shutting down some of those websites. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I just, when I read it, I want to give them Georgia Dow's phone number and just say, get some help. <laughs> like, go work through this extreme anger that you've got because it's it's poisonous. It is. You it's know? unhealthy. Georgia, yeah. are you are you, uh, you good with that? Your phone number going to MRA, folks? <laughs> I, I've actually helped some people that... Um, have have a lot of anger issues towards all kinds of people, not just women. And uh, usually it comes from a place of pain, pain, hurt, feeling neglected, not being included, um, fear. And so, you know, some, you know, some people want to be angry and, and some people want to change it and they don't know how. And so it's, it's not a happy place to be that angry at anyone is not a good, healthy place to be no matter what you're that angry at. And so, yeah, you can actually work through. Like, we, we joke a lot about it, but no, the, I think that, um, yeah, it, it's something that people need to kind of take a look at. And you need to look at your own biases and, you know, what, what are the things that make you upset and why. I wish Steve was here this week to hear that about Nintendo. <laughs> it's not healthy for you, Steve. I have able to help him, actually. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Steve's Nintendo anger, it's still there. It's unresolved. It's, it's, yeah. Unresolved. yeah. We'll work on it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it only takes uh, a trillion episodes of isometric followed by a trillion episodes of disruption, but eventually we'll get there. Is Steve, you'll get there. There's hope. I mean, we got Brie to retract her statements about Star Wars. So this anything is true. Possible. That is a good <laughs> thing. That is only a good thing. <laughs> Oh, good point. Okay, do we have uh, any more thoughts about these really awesome 3D-printed organs or any other 3D-printing thoughts? (laughs) My thoughts themselves are 3D-printed. Whoa. Yeah, it's uh, That's That's weird, Micah. Okay, well, uh, it Uh, looks... Okay, so before we close out the show, can I just say one quick thing? Uh, Of course. We talked about the Nintendo Switch so much last week. Oh, yeah. Y'all... Y'all, I bought Zelda as soon as I got off the show. Oh, And that game is like crack mixed with cocaine. Mixed with with, uh, some like unobtainium. Like it is is so good. (laughs) It is so good. It is so good. It is amazing. It is like Far Cry, but Zelda. And that game is so good. It is worth buying a Switch for. And I also have to say, like, I blasted the Switch this last week, uh, but there are two things I did that really solved the problems. First, I moved to Switch to where it had a line of sight to our controllers, and we have not had any more lag issues with it. And I have to say, there is something just freaking magical about being able to bring a real full system with you, throw it in your purse, and be able to like play uh, a real game while you're waiting for your airbag to be fixed. It is it is really amazing. <laughs> Thank God the so, airbag. Yes, it's not fixed still. It's got two more weeks in the shop. Okay. Holy cow. That's yep. that's a long time to wait. I don't for... want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 
are you starting to boil? I don't want uh, to talk We're about it. almost at the point of buying a new car. Oh, Straight wow. Oh, yeah. no. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's not talk about that because yeah. that sounds actually so terrible. Uh, all right. If you, we, we didn't, we didn't have any questions this week. Um, so we definitely would love to hear from you. If you would like to get in touch with the show, here is how you can do that. You can call us at 508-418-3532, or you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me. If you'd rather keep things private, you can send us a direct message. And as always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. If you're looking for links to any of the things we talked about, including dino flagellates, you can find the show notes at relay.fm slash disruption or by looking down at the podcast app you're listening in. If you're looking for me online for whatever reason, you can find me at all the links that you need at chihuahua.coffee. And to our wonderful guest, Quinn Rose, if people are looking for you online, where might they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM, and if you want to listen to my show on Relay, it's at Relay.fm slash MixedFeelings. What is your show about? Oh, it's about news, politics, and pop culture. Um, so mostly it's us yelling about the presidential administration. Oh my god, I like this show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I will I will download that right away. Mixed feelings on relay. We and get some viewers for sure. Yes. And Bree, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Well, first thing I would say is uh, you, know, you can support my congressional campaign by going to supportbrianna.com. Uh, you know, it is really tough running for Congress, but I'm out there doing the work and I'm ready to win, uh, but I can't do it alone. So uh, if you can, uh, please go there and support us. Also, you can go to Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Beautiful. And last but certainly not least, the queen of the dash and the underscore, Georgia Dow, where can people find you online? So you can check out Twitter at Georgia underscore Dow. And if not, you can, of course, uh, check out anxiety-videos.com. Awesome. If Steve were here, he'd tell you that you could find him at Wicked Good, where he's probably tweeting about that card game. And because he's not here, I will tell you all, go, go do something else. Stop listening to the show. Go. I think it means Frank should start running. That's it. That oh, is that's what right. it means. That's right. That's oh my gosh. Oh, oh, I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. Oh, you know I get Charles it. Charles got it on the first try. You know it. Charles so, is the only one that's Just like, wait until the video. Just wait until the video. I'm still oh, waiting yeah, for a video yeah, about cow I milking. Got it. I got it. It's in. It is in my house. Oh, my gosh. How my can you resist the urge to use it on Anthony? That's oh what God. I don't understand. You are lucky I did not unpackage that baby, okay? I'm just going to say, my husband's like, how can it be like $150 for a Nerf gun? I'm like, is that how no, much no. it costs? I'm like, wait. I'm like, wait till you see the video of, of, of poor Frank. Like, like that's it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great attack ad. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> a literal attack ad. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Attack ad. 